cricket is coming and it's time for a bat. We're going sub some bodies and we'll have a good laugh. Hello and welcome to episode 30 of Get It Whacked, the Macclesfield Cricket Club podcast. Over the coming weeks and months, we intend to go behind the scenes at MacCC to meet some of the players and characters at the club, find out some things about them you never knew or most likely never wanted to know, and above all, hopefully have a few laughs along the way. Macclesfield Cricket Club is grateful for the continued support of its various sponsors. Today's featured sponsor is PR Jones Jewellers. PR Jones Jewellers are very proud to be the main club sponsor. They have four shops across Cheshire East, two in Macclesfield, one in Nutsford and one in Nantwich. With over 50 years of experience, they are able to cater for all your needs, ranging from prestige jewellery, branded and unbranded watches, watch, clock and jewellery repairs, valuations, and they have one of the finest selections of engagement and wedding rings across Cheshire and South Manchester. Michael, David and Grieber Jones would like to wish everybody the best during these difficult times. Now it's normally the formality at this point that the host introduces today's guest. But for the keen listeners out there, you'll have detected a change in accent, tone and professionalism during that introduction. Today's host of Get It Whacked podcast is myself, Pete Langley, local celebrity and star of podcast episode 7, The Empire Strikes Back. Today's guest bowls fast and walks slow. With a hint of a strut, he's an extremely talented sound technician and is your very own producer, editor and an excellent host. In my opinion, there is none more deserved of the final episode of this season's Get It Whacked. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Miles Horner. Miles, how are you? Langers, thank you very much for that lovely introduction. The first thing to say is it's completely weird to be on the uh, the other side of the microphone. Yeah, I will add to that that you, you had to have your arm twisted for this one. But as I said in the intro, I think you deserve it of it. You've managed to drag quite a few people through the, um, the lockdown period, Miles. So well done. Um, I'm already feeling a little bit anxious, actually, because as you know, people are probably going to analyse my presentation, my mannerisms, uh, my accent things that I maybe frequently say. It's not very nice, is it, Miles? Uh, no, I, it has to be said, a few people have pointed out to me over over the, the last few months that I, I do tend to repeat things. But what I will say, Langers, is that a couple of them have become quite deliberate. And, and if you believe that, you're a, you're a foolish person. No, I'm joking. I uh, I am aware of the uh, the mannerisms and yeah, they've, they've kind of taken on a life of their own, shall we say. Well, moving swiftly on. <laughs> Tell us what you do when you aren't playing cricket, Miles. Yeah, so for those that don't know, um, I'm actually a professional musician. I'm an opera singer by trait and have been working in the, the world of music for, um, God, since 2008. Uh, that's when I had my first sort of professional engagement, shall we say. I also kind of run a business uh, providing singers for corporate events, um, and weddings and all sorts of things like that as well. So yeah, I'm not doing a great deal of any of that at the moment, as you can probably imagine. I'm presuming that at the moment things are, are pretty quiet in both the performing and uh, the, it's Butler in the Buff that you is your business, isn't it? <laughs> well, uh, if it was, it wouldn't be the me that was doing it. I think we can all agree. I thought that's uh, Frankie's little side project that he wanted to go into. I don't know if he's mentioned that to you yet. Yeah, he uh, he is. I I, I, uh, I run a business providing singing waiters, basically. I'm not going to sit here and plug it because who wants to listen to that? But um, surprise singers at events, corporate events. And yeah, Frankie has once or twice said to me, can I do Butler in the buff? That's an uncanny impression there, Miles. That's brilliant. Thanks, pal. Brilliant. So what, what would you say that your earliest cricketing memories are? It's really funny. Um, when, you, when you finally strung on me into doing this, I sort of sat down and thought, God, I'm going to have to think about all these questions. And do you know what? I've, I've kind of tried not to 
think any sort of you know preconceived uh, uh, responses but obviously earliest cricketing memories is is one that I did have a bit of a think about and, I, and I've kind of got a couple the first is uh, playing cricket with my dad at the, at the front of the house that I, I grew up in in Litchfield um, where I'm from in the Midlands and all I remember is uh, just sort of having this tennis ball when I was I must have been I don't know six or seven and and basically, I just remember bowling to my dad, and my dad was there with his old Gunnamore bat at the front of the house, and there was this sort of little stone pillar that we used to bowl at, and, and it didn't matter what I did with this tennis ball, my dad would just plop forward onto the front dock and, and just block the ball, and, and I used to, you know, bowl it as fast as I could, as slow as I could, and, try and, and this has carried on for, for, for a few years, and I remember still doing this when we were 12, when I was 12 or 13, and by that stage, you know, work out how to spin the ball, and, and whatever I did, I just never got my dad out. You'd probably argue that you haven't perhaps taken on your dad's front foot blocking technique <laughs> with your own cricket. Well, no, I'm, I'm not looking forward to getting onto some of those stats later. But what I would say is I, I have become, at times, a, a reasonably effective stitcher. But pleasingly, we don't have to do that too much. And then early, the other earliest cricketing memory um, is probably one from, um, I can remember my earliest game. And again, this was playing at Litchfield Cricket Club, where I, I played my sort of junior cricket. And I, I don't know what age I was, but... Um, I remember for, <laughs> for some reason I was wicket keeping and ball came through to me and, and I was stood up and I sort of ran to like take the bales off and I absolutely obliterated the stumps with my gloves <laughs> um, and then everyone sort of realized that I didn't have the ball in my hands so I was sort of like celebrating and then and then I just remember everyone on the pitch just looking at me like what, what are you doing you know all my, my sort of teammates <laughs> were absolutely beside themselves with kind of rage and, and comedy um, and there was me just obliterated these stumps without the ball in my hands so um, I can't ever remember putting on a pair of keeping gloves since which is probably a good thing. No actually I was going to I was going to add that maybe with your, your dad's influence you're a well-drilled bowler um, <laughs> as we, we touched upon with the blocking and, and stitching games out and uh, and potentially I don't think Jack Marshall Clack and those guys need to worry too much about the wicket keeping berths they're, they're nailed on are they? Uh, yeah, I, I think it's fair to say um, I, I have no intention of ever, ever keeping wicket again. I mean, I try not to bat as often as I can because for me, batting kind of spoils cricket. But, you know, that says more about my uh, my outlook on things, really. I think um, I'm right in saying quite similar to myself that you played junior cricket and then you had quite a bit of a, let's call it a cricket sabbatical from maybe uh, your early 20s and maybe late teens. It's similar to what I did myself. Yeah, mine, mine was a little bit um, earlier than that. I think... Um, I did ask my dad about this the other day. I, th I think I sort of started playing cricket at Litchfield Cricket Club when I was sort of like eight or nine. And then I stopped playing when I was like 14, maybe 15, um, just because obviously I was doing a, a lot of music at school and going to orchestras and all sorts of stuff. And just, I think one of those things where like you can only do so much in a week and, you know, I just stopped playing cricket and then didn't start playing cricket again until I was 23. So yeah, a bit of a sabbatical, which probably explains why I'm not very good. I think from a, a teacher's point of view, often cricket is one of the first things to go, perhaps because uh, it's so time consuming, not only practice, but also how long the games take to play, et cetera, et cetera. So I can understand that. It's a little bit frustrating from a teacher's point of view that we have some pretty decent cricketers that, that leave the school and then you speak to them maybe a couple of years later or you see them down at the cricket club and they're, you know, they're not playing. So I think it's definitely a regret for myself. Would you say that you regret not being able to play through those those years that you mentioned? I mean, now, if I look back at it, yeah, and I think um, 
you know, God, I, maybe I would have been half decent if I actually carried on playing. But, um, you know, I, I don't like to, to look back um, and, and sort of, you know, wish I'd done things differently or whatever. I try to try to look quite forward. So, you know, there's still still a bit of time to uh, to improve on my cricket, I suppose. Take a few more wickets and uh, hopefully never keep wicket. I'm always very envious of watching people like Joe Moores when they, you know, can pick a length really early and I just decide that I'm going to put my left foot forward and, and see where the ball goes after I've already planted that foot. But that seems to work for me occasionally. Absolutely. You mentioned, Miles, that Litchfield was your junior club. Um, so tell us, when did you become involved with Macclesfield? My my wife and I moved to Macclesfield in 2014. Um, we kind of both came up from London. I'd sort of been living in London uh, kind of on and off since, well, 2008 to 2014. And my wife, Kat, um, she went to university there. We, we didn't meet in London, but um, then moved back up north. And then we spent uh, the last year we... I lived in London. She she was down in London for about six or seven months um, working, and then we kind of realised pretty quick that we we both had enough of London, and we always kind of wanted to move where one of us was working all the time. Um, so for me, that was London or the northwest, uh, where where my wife works um, predominantly. So we quickly moved up north and kind of haven't looked back since, really. And and I don't think we'll probably move away from from Cheshire for a very long time. Did you play for any cricket clubs while you were down in London? I know it's quite a, a big cricket scene down there, isn't it? Yeah, I um, when I came back to, to cricket as an adult at 23, I, I played for a club just outside Litchfield called Whittington Cricket Club that I uh, have, a, have a huge uh, amount of adoration for as a club and they have a very... Uh, very big place in my heart but once I left Whittington and moved down to London a bit more permanently I, I did try and play in London for a little while and I played for Alexandra Palace Cricket Club for a, a few games and, and went to Winter Nets and darts or cricket <laughs> yeah definitely cricket but um it's uh it just wasn't like Whittington or indeed Macclesfield and so I just I didn't find the kind of camaraderie there or the enjoyment and um, it was just a load of blokes that I didn't know and didn't get to know and so I didn't really play very much for them and, and in the end just kind of ended up if I could play cricket I either played back at, at, at Whittington or occasionally I played a few games for um, for a club over in um, in Norfolk because my parents uh, live in Norfolk now and so uh, I played for a team that, that are not too far away from their village uh, on and off for a few years um, called Acle, Acle Cricket Club so which was that was a lot more fun and a lot more kind of what I wanted to do rather than you know playing in London should we say. Lovely stuff so that, that brought you to Macclesfield eventually and would you say you came into the captaincy how many years had you been at Macclesfield before you came into the captaincy? Oh, now you put me on the spot here I think I'm right in saying that Carl Burgess began the 2016 season as captain. Um, oh, no, in fact, no, I'm wrong. I think he began the 2017 season as captain. Um, and after a couple of day games, I think he he just sort of reached um, peak, peak captaincy pressure and decided that, you know, he just needed to stop playing cricket for a while. And so I sort of stepped into the to the void and and basically captain for the rest of the 2017 season and then took on the job kind of you know in earnest in in 2018 i do, I do think um it's a bit of a poison challenge captaining the third team isn't it what, what would you say are the biggest challenges uh, what do you enjoy about captaining the side what advice would you give to 
aspiring captains. Probably nobody wants to listen to, to my advice about captaincy. I mean, um, uh, maybe off the field, can I can talk a bit more about it rather than on it. But off off the field, um, yeah, you, you're right. Obviously, there's when you're the the, the third team or the, the the lowest team, should we say, um, politely <laughs> at a cricket club. Basically, what happens when it comes to selection is everybody else picks their their players, and and you get what's left, or indeed what's not left. Um, so that can be the biggest challenge. And certainly in my first couple of years, one of the the, the biggest challenges was kind of, well, quite literally, sometimes getting eleven players on the pitch. Yeah. Um, and at times, you know, I remember games where um, it was like myself, and then every other player was under the age of fifteen. You know, sort of Miles Bradshaw, bless him, as as a fourteen year old. Uh, leg spinner who was batting nine um, and and not really bowling a lot and and all the other sort of airhead lads kind of came through and then as as things progressed in 2018 we picked up a few more sort of older players and indeed some of the players above us kind of came down so Mitch Moore someone like that spent quite a bit of time in and out of the second team and captain the second team for at times he kind of came back down to into the threes and people like Froggy and Flinty um, and suddenly we started to kind of develop a little bit more of a nucleus of players allying that obviously with the, with the younger players and you know the, the clubs kind of you know junior section has, has grown and of, of course suddenly there are all these players coming through we're attracting more players from the club and then you cut to last season and and to, to take it back to your, your question about what the challenges are I really felt like we'd gone full circle in terms of the challenges because three years ago it was trying to get players on the pitch last season it was having to make you know really difficult choices about selection and occasionally well not occasionally quite a lot of the time pretty difficult phone calls to people who I knew were going to be upset about not getting a game of cricket I wasn't upset I, I was just oh you weren't talking about me <laughs> oh sorry we'll edit that bit out that's for, a, that's for a private conversation we'll have that conversation another time Miles I, I think you and I both know that's not getting edited out no so so the, the challenges have kind of gone full circle in that respect and and we're now to a stage where we're striving very hard to to make sure that we can provide enough cricket for 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 the for the adult players that we have and I'm I'm really pleased to see that the third team has developed to have a real core and a nucleus of of more senior players together with some incredibly promising juniors and you know you look at the the lads coming through in the fourth team and and indeed in the under 13s and it's it's only going to continue to to develop so um one of the things that you know I've, I've been quite passionate about for for the last few years is is trying to progress our juniors into senior cricket and and i guess in in answer to your question another one of your questions that's kind of my advice is to uh, to find a way to to try and do both uh, if you can because it's really important and you listen to Stuart Garnett's podcast and he talks about the three ways in which you can improve your your club and 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 absolutely the, the best way is to to bring your genius through and and when doing we're doing that um but um yeah we we're aiming you know to have a fourth team potentially on a saturday because i i really believe that it's something that we need um and i'm, I'm sort of quite passionate about that and we're very hopeful that in fact we may have secured our first um saturday fourth team fixture for this week as a, as a friendly game and, and a little bit of a, a trial run but it just goes to show you that at this stage already we're, we're able to field 44 players on a Saturday and, and, and pretty comfortably I might add um, we could have picked a few more so that's that's I guess that's why I took, took the job on really it's been my main focus and obviously I've also wanted to progress the team and, and for us to play the highest standard of cricket that we can and, and, and last season our 
our aim was massively to, to get up a division, which maybe we'll talk about. But, um, you know, the, those are the two things that kind of really drive me. I think what you said there, Miles, is, is, is excellent. And, and what Alfie said, you know, hits the nail on the head for me. And I've always been very impressed with the cricket club, with the juniors that, uh, that come through to the senior setup. And they're always very talented cricketers. So credit to, to the coaches in the junior setup. Um, and credit to yourself as well. Not very often I give you a compliment, mate, but whenever I played for the threes, you know, those guys, those younger guys that play um, don't make up the numbers. You, you know, you fully expect them to contribute. And I've seen um, Yoz's son, is it Sam Hughes, opening the bowling, bowling, you know, plenty of overs and, and looking like a pretty tricky bowler, actually, for for some of the batters in that division to, to get away. So, like I said, yeah, credit to yourself for, for getting those guys in and, and involved and actually having a role in the team. I think that must help them moving forward, going into second team and, and first team cricket. And, and I suppose that leads me on to asking you, it must be sort of quite a proud feeling for you to look at people like, well, you mentioned Miles Bradshaw, but playing in the first team and scoring runs for the first team and think um, a little bit before my time that I think Angus Thompson might have played in the third team on a few occasions, I know Frankie told me that um, he was run out by Angus once. Um, not sure if that's a true story or not, but as, as I said, it must be quite a proud feeling to see those guys that have been, you know, under your captaincy in the threes and then go on to to do good things in the first team this season. Yeah, and I mean, uh, it's really nice of you to say, and, and one caveat to all of that that I would say is I take absolutely no credit for any of the abilities of of any of the lads that have, that have come through the threes and gone upwards you know uh, I think um, we can probably all agree what they can learn from me is is <laughs> precious to nothing but but yeah I mean in answer to your question kind of joking aside yeah it's one of the the, the big things that drives me at the club is is looking at some of these young lads I say young lads I, you know some of them are 18 19 now um you know Tom Carter Miles Bradshaw generally all these team airhead lads who I had a lot of involvement with when they're coming through Jack Marshall Clack Jack Massey you know Harry Massey just just countless uh, young lads who who are now moving on to playing second and first team cricket and more recently you know the likes of Henry Mitchell you know Ben Kerwin last year who at times kind of you know, got into the third team. Sometimes they couldn't, and now we look at them, and they're both well established in the twos and the ones. And you know, even now, young Sam Hughes and Will Morris, who are are you know really progressing in the threes and, and being picked on merit. And this is um you know philosophically, without getting too deep into it, this is always something I've considered to be the the root of what happened needs to happen with with our third team is that it needs to be picked on merit. It shouldn't matter how old you are or indeed how young you are. You know, if you're the right person for what the team needs that's what we need to do and 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 as i say sort of referencing that saturday fourth team building ourselves to the position where we have that many players and, and we're able to offer that much cricket um is is something that i'm i'm very proud of but also you know looking at uh, and some of the lads that have come through uh, getting all mushy here but no it's um it's it's massively uh, pleasing to see but as i say I, I take no credit for it whatsoever could you put one of those backing sounds over that like you did for dave bostock when he was talking about moving to the beach house absolutely like, not <laughs> that'll bring, bring a tear to a couple of people's eyes that way yeah i'm sure i think uh, miles it's safe to say with your third team captaincy that you've earned yourself a bit of a re reputation around the county um one of the things that you asked me at the end of my podcast episode uh, was, is there anybody I'd like to give some stick to? Is there? A, and you put me on the spot. I wasn't expecting it. And as soon as we ended the call, I was absolutely gutted that I'd failed to retell this story 
away at Disney, who are now called... Northeast Cheshire. That's right. They've merged with somebody else, haven't they? Uh, we went away. Flinty was captain. Nipper's brother was playing. I can't remember his name. I'll call him Nipper's brother. Matt Griffiths. And we... He, yeah, he bowled outstandingly well. I think he took five for a six for DC. He was bowling at the other end and the rest of the wickets. We bowled them out for 50 or so. I went out to Empire fully accepting the fact that I wasn't going to be batting on that day. Tom Carter was scoring some runs. As the captain, I would have been feeling pretty dejected at this point in time as the as the batting team. I can't remember his name. You probably will be able to recall it. Turned around and at the top of his voice said, and I thought he was going to be berating his other batsmen or something like that. He said, well, isn't cricket a much better game when Miles Horner isn't here? <laughs> and 1 to 22 people at that game, including one man and his dog watching, were rolling around on the floor <laughs> laughing. Um, but I think that's a credit to yourself and the hostility that you bring to the third team with your bowling, perhaps. Then if you want to make a comment on that. I mean, <laughs> obviously, it's a story I enjoy. What I will say is, quite ironically, um, Stu Reynolds uh, from Disley, or formerly Disley, now Northeast Cheshire, is actually somebody that I kind of get on quite well with. Um, you know, we, we converse occasionally um, and have done about a few things outside of, of, of Mac and, and Disley about cricket. Um, and, and he's someone, you know, we've spoken spoken to each other on the phone a few times and he's actually somebody I quite like. I mean, I'd still try and take his head off if I was bowling at him. But yeah, I mean, of all the people that could have said something unpleasant about me from around the county, um, it, it, it's amusing to me that, you know, that that's a story that gets told and he's actually someone that I quite like. So I don't know whether that says uh, more about him or me. I think, I think it's... Um a nice backhanded compliment, shall we say. Um, and I've been sort of privy to some backhanded compliments myself over the years. So take all of them would be my advice, Miles. Take them when they're there. Um, right. I think normally at this sort of stage in the podcast, we talk about some stats. So you, with the usual caveat of play cricket, um, I think we've got some stats here from Macclesfield, playing for Macclesfield. I think it does go a little bit further back, but... Um, I think we're losing some of your main stats and I'm sure you'll want to talk about those a little bit later on. I, I think it has stats from, from most of my years of playing adult cricket because I think I did start playing for Whittington again in 2008 but there's there's a few games missing. There's quite a few games missing for Akel which uh, I'm sure nobody will be surprised to know where, where I did score a few runs once upon a time but you know. Where's Akel? Do they do they have Wi-Fi? <laughs> I mean, it's Norfolk, so it's quite difficult to input uh, scores when you've you know got six fingers. Um, but no, I mean the stats are what they do are. They, do they have a road going through the ground? No, they're they're no Gumley, mate. They're no Gumley. They're, they're they're a pretty good club actually. They play um, uh, Norfolk Premier cricket, what their first team did. Obviously, I didn't play for them, but um... right. Let's start with your bowling stats. I think you probably would consider yourself. Um, a bowling all-rounder. Um, <laughs> so let's go through all your stats. You've bowled 654 overs, uh, 101 maidens. You've conceded 2,759 runs, but taken 124 wickets. Your best bowling is six wickets for 19 runs. Uh, this says one five-wicket haul. You might come on to talk about that a little bit later on. Um, with an economy rate of 4.22 runs and strike rate of 31.65 and an average of 22.25. That's pretty good. What I would like to add, one thing that I consider when I look at these stats, you look at 2018, you actually took almost just under a quarter um, of your team's wickets for the season. And I think those kind of contributions, you must be 
uh, pretty pleased with as, a, as an opening bowler. Yeah, I mean, what I would say that, that, that there are a few uh, wickets and, and a few bits missing, but I mean, uh, you know, it is what it is. I, I, I've taken three five wicket hauls at one, but I've only taken one for Mac, and I suppose that's that's probably the the important thing to focus on. And and one of the other things I would say is that if you look at that sort of 2018 season, and you know, I did bowl a lot of overs, and and I think I took 34, 35 wickets off the top of my head. Yeah, it's it's the most overs that you bowled in a season uh, by about 19. 0.3 overs um, and yeah 34 wickets I think was that the season you had a bit of a competition with Craig Melrose uh, yeah it was friend of the show yeah and I'm, I'm afraid to say he pit me at the post unsurprisingly because he's about 15 times the bowler I am but um, but no I think the one thing that does jump out from my my bowling stats which is is quite amusing I, I can't remember where I'm up to with this because I've lost count but I think I have about 18 or 19 forfers um, and I think if you look at that if you were to look at that 2018 season, I think I took five or six in one season, um, including two games against Langley home and away, where I got four for in both games. And in my last over of my 14 over spell, I ended up being on a hat trick, which would have got me a five for as well in both games and, and failed to hit the stumps on both occasions. Um, so... I would like to say that I'm kind of the pretty unlucky. Yeah, the the kick or well, just not very good. Um, yeah, I'd like to say I'm... or I didn't think I'd ever describe you, Miles, as a man who avoided jugs. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, I, I give Steve Whittingham a lot of flack, and quite rightly so, because um, well, we all know what is Witters is like. In my defence, I would have loved to have taken a lot more fifers, and I would quite happily have have, have paid out the jugs. I'm just not very good, um, <laughs> is the answer. But to, yeah, to get that many forfers um, is is kind of, I wouldn't say a regret. I mean, I, I try not to, to regret too much in my cricket. But yeah, I've got a lot of forfers. Um, and I think it, it would have been nice for both personally and, and probably more for the team to have com converted a few more of those into like serious match winning contributions rather than taking four wickets and i guess if we if we get into the psyche of a batsman which is sometimes harder for me to do than i than i would like um it's it's the equivalent of scoring you know 99 runs isn't it it's actually only one wicket um fewer than, than taking a fiver so it's a pretty good performance same as scoring 99 runs it's still a really good performance the fact that you haven't scored that one extra run or taken that one extra wicket doesn't take away from the, the quality performance that day it's just the stat I think sometimes in cricket we do get caught up in stats, don't we? Yeah, definitely. And and I, th I think the other thing is that um, I'd, I've never done this, but at some point it'd be quite interesting to look at my, my Macclesfield-only stats because obviously when I sort of played back for, for Whittington in, in 2008, 2009 and stuff like that, I mean, I was even worse then than I am now. Um, and, you know, I probably went for like fives or sixes and didn't take any wickets and, and just got smashed everywhere. So... Um, yeah, maybe one day I'll just delete all the rogue stats that I don't like and I'll end up with something half respectable. So we'll go through the batting stats. I'll go through all of them because uh, it doesn't really make a great deal of difference, Miles, to be honest. <laughs> uh, 108 games, 66 innings. Uh, so that would suggest that you're uh, lower down the order, perhaps not, not batting on some occasions. Not out 25, again, suggests the same thing. 272 runs, 22 is your highest score. Uh, an average of 6.6. .6 
and what I'm particularly pleased to read is 12 books. Yeah, I, I, what I would say is I think something like seven or eight of those ducks came in my first two years of, of playing cricket again. Um, and I was actually guilty um, for, for for Whittington on two occasions of of, um, of gifting a bowler a hat-trick, um, trying to have a massive mo at a full and straight one. Um, so I've, I've actually been... Uh, I've I've been on the end of, of two separate hat tricks, and I think I got seven or eight ducks in my first couple of years. So I've not had that many, I don't think, since. Perhaps you you can tell me in the last few years. Sounds like a shaky defence. Um, for the threes, you had one in 2019. You've had one this year. You didn't have any in 2018 for the third team. Um, 2017, you had a couple. But but we won't focus on the ducks. Actually, <laughs> no, um, please don't. I've been privy to some information regarding last oh. season now it was a big season for the threes they they finished joint second was it or three something yeah, like that second uh, but only on the only on the last day of the season um you know so you're pushing you're probably expecting everybody to contribute with the bat to, to really push at the top of the matter. you'd expect the captain to, to to do his bit potentially now Miles, do you know how many runs you scored for the threes last year? Yes, I'm perfectly aware because Chris Flint must tell me at least three times a week. Uh, five runs I scored on a Saturday, I believe. Five runs. High score? Two. Not out? Yes. So, as I heard you say the other day, got to focus on those red inkers because that adds to the average. <laughs> um, and only one duck. So... I don't actually know what you would... Although you only had five innings, so you didn't bat in over half of the games. What I would say in my defence is, when I'm not being required to bat, uh, it's more because I am excelling as a captain and, and getting the best out of my top order and lower order batsmen who are doing all the work for me. Um, so I think those stats only go to show that actually I, I'm just very good at kind of managing my batsmen and, and getting the best out of them and, and leaving them to do the duty. Um, and then occasionally I just might have to come in and, and stitch it or have a big hack. Miles, if if your butler in the buff business does not kick on as you want it to, you should definitely be a PE teacher because the amount of BS that you just <laughs> spun there is credible. It is credible. I, I'm going to play that back. And I will be preaching that to the kids that I teach week in, week out. So, well done. And let's focus, if we can, on, on a couple of the games. Yeah, please do. I'm going to pick out a game from this season. It's been a bit of a, a strange season. Um, I know it's something that uh, all captains have a different opinion on what, what they want to play. And, and you guys have been playing um, mainly just normal draw cricket like you were previously. Mm -hmm. But it's nice to focus on, on something good from this season to take something away. So let's have a look at um, on the 25th of July, so quite recently, 2020, at Macclesfield Cricket Club. Macclesfield third 11 versus Stockport second 11. Do you, what do you remember about this game? Uh, what I remember is I obviously lost the toss. Um, I, I'm, As per I, usual. Yes, I can't believe you've not given me more flack for that, but maybe it'll, maybe it'll be coming. Who knows? Um, I lost the toss, um, and yeah, I think their, their captain... Um, elected to field um and we kind of posted 120 odd i think it was 122 on a pretty difficult pitch actually early season it was decking around quite a bit there was quite a bit of sideways movement as well from the ball or the <laughs> from the ball they 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 had one very decent opening bowler who bowled flinty with one of the best balls i've seen in a long time that 
um, swung in and then nipped off the seam, straightened up and, and castled him. Um, and we managed to scratch our way to 120-odd. I think Steve Whittingham uh, came in towards the end and um, and got 43 and, and really put it put us in a position where we had a score on the board and i remember at yeah. half time all the the, the, the half time what half game are we playing <laughs> someone else said this i think tom carter said it the other day i think he said half time if i can describe it as such um well i can't call it tease can i because we don't have tees. change of innings will do. yeah change of innings <laughs> uh, at the change of innings I, I remember sort of saying to, to all the lads look we've got a score on the board here let's not be too deflated um we kind of suspected the way some of the stockport boys might play shall we say i think i'm reading between the lines here yeah which which was they might play a few shots um and we just kind of felt we, we had a score on the board and and um 122 odds was was made to look a pretty good score <laughs> pretty quickly um thanks to i guess a combined effort of my myself and and stuart garnett who kind of managed to reduce them to i think 40 or 50 for eight and yeah, unfortunately, their their captain then came in down the order and 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 sort of, uh, kind of grafted his way towards a score, and and one of their batsmen didn't walk after snicking it behind, which was a bit disappointing. But um, you know, fair play to them; they they did actually get over the line in the end. But but yeah, it was <laughs> it was uh, it was a good day out in some respects. But as as mu- uh, as glad as I was to have taken a few wickets, which I don't know, how many? Uh, six. Um, six six foot yeah as as glad as I, I was to kind of you know produce that spell and stuff it was great ultimately my uh disappointment out, outweighed my um sort of happiness my own performance because you know we didn't win the game and at the end of the day cricket is a team game and, and as much as it's nice to celebrate personal plaudits and whatnot i i don't like losing games of cricket i suppose is, is probably how i should say it between me you and this web space would you rather forfeit and win the game Six for and lose by two wickets. Oh, four for and win the game every day. Yeah, of the week. I thought you'd say that. Yeah, we don't have to edit that bit. I don't know that's good. Um, let's delve a little bit deeper into it. I think anything on Parkside, sort of like one hundred and twenty-two, isn't a par score, but from the experience that I've had on that pitch, anyway. So you took the top three out of the order: uh, one for five runs, one for one run, and one for seventeen runs. They were caught in Kenny, and then the other two were bold. Do you remember anything about any of those wickets? Yeah, I, look, I, I, I don't, <laughs> I don't know how this is going to sound when I when I start talking about this. I, I don't mean it to to be self indulgent. Uh, that's not really my my mo. Hey, this but, is your time. This yeah. is your time. Go for it. <laughs> the, the, look, what I will say is the the ball was doing a lot, um, and it, it was swinging fairly prodigiously and, and moving off the seam as well. And it was kind of one of these rare moments, especially in in my career, and I think probably in most bowlers' career, where. I genuinely felt like I knew where I was going to pitch the ball and and pretty much every ball. And that's probably happened like once or twice in my cricketing career. Peak state flow, we call that as a as a PE teacher. Peak state flow. Yeah, I think I think alcoholics call it a, what, a moment of clarity. Um, p- perhaps that's a poor analogy, but um, yeah, it, it 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 just clicked, and um, I shinicked off the opener to to. A, to a good catch for me and Kenny at second second slip. That's remarkable in itself that at thirteen cricket we took a catch in the slips. Well, you say that, mate, but I I would love to know how many slip catches we took last year. I mean, I think we took six in one game. Uh, I did say I did see Froggy take a take a crack. At oh, 
Um, I do actually admire the captaincy of the field where you actually don't let the oldest man in the field stand up. No, no. I mean, Tony Moores is probably one of the better gully fieldsmen at the club um, and, and he is, uh, you know... Hallelujah. I agree with that. Absolutely. He's also one of the better blokes. Sir Anthony Moores um, is, is a legend, as we all know, but he, he rightly assumes... Pops, his, pops, as I call him. He ro- rightly assumes his position at, uh, at gully on merit, but yeah, we, we tend to put uh, the right men in there to, to take catches and and we do take catches but yeah the the other two um the, of those first three was um i think a bigger way swinger that sort of pitched leg and hit off to their their other opener and then their number three came in and um he hit me for six straight back over my head third ball into the sight screen and it would have gone onto the road had it not hit the sight screen and that really part of my French well it really pissed me off actually um and I came straight on the pitch and had a massive go at him to which he just smiled at me and that made me even more angry um because did you do it in a really posh voice uh no excuse me young man <laughs> that's our sight screen and then I'm very angry and then I think that was the end of the over and the next over he hit Alfie for probably one of the biggest sixes I've ever seen um onto Victoria Road uh ground by the nets um and then see what you did there yeah you've, you've You've compared how far he hit Alfie to how far he hit Alfie over the sight screen. So, well, no, if you're listening, Alfie, he hit Alfie into to a different postcode. Um, oh, but yeah, it, I mean, power. this is getting juicy. Go on, carry on. <laughs> it was a big hit. Uh, and then um, next over, I bowled him. I that sort of similar ball to the other guy. It's sort of pitch leggish and I just swung away really late and 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 casted him off stump um to which i regret this actually because i've come to realize that the, all the stockport guys are a really nice set of lads and i and i'm afraid so i did give this guy an absolute send-off um just because i was so annoyed it with him for, for hitting me for six uh, i don't really care if i get driven for four through the covers but if someone in my mind mows me for six even though it was an incredible shot um it, it yeah i i kind of i actually apologize to him because I, I felt a bit bad, but I gave him a massive send off because he really wound me up. Um, and it, I think it was at that point that my knee stopped hurting because um, a couple of overs before this, I'd sort of warned Chris Flint that he might have to come on to bowl because my my I know my knee was feeling sore. And I, and I think to be honest, that getting that guy out kind of. Um, let, let me ask you a question: What has Flinty got on you? He must have some dirt on you because I can't believe the amount of overs he's actually bowled. Come on, tell us online now, live. Let's hear it. What what's he got on you? Um, to be fair, mate, I'm I'm gonna have to uh, raise a question about your journalistic credibility here because um, Chris Flint, up until last week, had not bowled on a Saturday in three years, um, and in fact, for a very good reason. Yeah, correct. But what I will say about Flinty is that in the last uh, in, in the last good in the last few weeks and uh, and. In winter nets, he's actually been bowling all right. And dare I say, he's been swinging the ball back in at people. Um, and on this particular game, we didn't have a lot of other seam bowling options other than myself and Alfie. So I thought, look, if I'm absolutely crocked, I don't want to go to, you know, our spinners straight away with the, with, a, with a really new hard ball that, that was swinging a lot. And I just thought, you know what, I'm going to give Flinty an over or two and see what he can do. Now, I tried that last Saturday and he bowled an absolute bag of filth. So he won't be bowling again for the next three years. Um, so to, to answer your question, he's bowled two overs in what will be seven years. I'm, I'm a bit calmer now. He doesn't have anything on me. Um, I think I'll, I'll interject here with moving swiftly on, Miles. Um, you then took an LBW 
another batsman who who'd scored a few, so he looked like he was, you know, taking control a little bit. Um, two LBWs actually, um, and then as you said, the captain came in, Zayn Hussein, and scored fifty nine uh, in pretty quick fashion, I imagine. Um, now, actually, let me just take you back a second because you publicly have outlined how you don't like getting hit for six. Um, and on two occasions, I've captained the threes when you were unavailable against Wilmslow. On both of those occasions, they have had what I can only describe as a big fish in a small pond, smashing everybody out of the ground, as I said in my podcast, to the point where I turned around to Timo and said, mate, I'm all out of ideas. He agreed with me and we just proceeded to basically give up. Would you say that it's a coincidence Mr. Horner, that you didn't play in those two games? Um, no, but what I would say in my defence is the, the fine gentleman that you're talking about is, a, is an appropriately named Wakar Malik. Um, wow. And what I, what I would say is that um, when I have played Wilmso and Wakar has been playing, I've rather had the wood over him because the last two times I've played him, I've got him out LBW. So I think to, to counter your statement, Langers, I think what the problem is is when I don't play Wilmso, he gets lots of runs. Now you're starting to sound like Frankie Barker. <laughs> Moving swiftly on, let's have a look at our second game. Um, I'm going to take you back a few years, the 13th of May 2017, um, against a, a club that we've all already mentioned that no longer exists, Disley CC. Um, Macclesfield batted first. They scored 189 runs. Unfortunately, on this occasion, that wasn't enough. Um, and Disley won the game by eight wickets. But it was a particularly um, good performance by yourself, if I can call it that. Yeah, um, it was it was a tricky game because we didn't we weren't flush with resources, and this was at a time when you know we were sort of struggling a little bit to get. Um, teams out and i think we'd had to beg jonathan smith uh, father of jiggy to to come in and open the batting and from memory i think he got 15 or 20 odd um yeah and then tom carter opened the batting with him obviously a younger tom carter but we i think we had to we had to coax richard flint into playing and then everybody else other than myself and and burge i think were were, were sort of under 14s or 15s at the time Looking at this team, there's, it's scattered with a couple of names I don't know. A couple of guys who now either just breaking into the twos or the threes. So I imagine at the time it, it was a team that was a little bit inexperienced. Yeah, massively so. And if you look at the batting card, um, you'll find me with one of the biggest nosebleeds in the history of cricket batting at six. Um, I'm, I'm basically, I'd, there's not lots to talk about in this game. But what I will say is Tom, Tom Carter opened the batting and, and I think this was his first hundred. Um and I came in at six, and I remember Tom had got to about 30 or 40. Yeah. Um, uh, and, for, and I think we must have been four down. And I'd said to Burge, look, send me in. Um, the only way we're going to post a score, frankly, with what's to come is if Tom gets most of them. Yeah. Kind of send me in. I'll try and stick around and, and just get him on strike, basically. And I think I must have been in in like the 15th over or something. And... Um, I mean, I scored yeah, a few runs, I think 20-odd, whatever you said. But what I do remember is, um, actually, Alfie must have been playing because um, one of the things that I do remember about this game was I was basically on the, the fifth and sixth ball of an, an over 
if I'd hit a single, I was actually turning it down. Um, you know, a, a number six turning down singles, basically, in order to get Tom Carter on strike. Yeah. And I remember Alfie just sort of looking at me and saying, you know, I mean, this just rolling his eyes on, on behalf of the cricketing gods and saying, never had he seen a number six turning down singles before. And, and I said, Alf, look, I'm not being funny, mate, but if Tom Carter doesn't get him, no one's going to. And and I was kind of proved right. And, and one of the things that I, I do look back fondly on this game is i was at the crease when tom got his hundred yeah um unsurprisingly is the only time i've been at a crease when someone's got a hundred um and i i was really pleased for him because he batted so well um and as a young lad who played a bit in the threes he opened the batting in the face of disley who'd perennially been a very good team were always at the top end of the table older blokes good bowlers and you know a, a young a young tom carter coming in and done really well and just shown the promise that he's gone on to you know uh, develop and show a bit more of especially in this brief season with some of his innings but um to be there at the crease when he got his hundred was was a really pleasing moment and um yeah i i remember actually when he got his hundred i got out pretty quickly after that for for 20 odd and i got bold um sweeping you won't be surprised to know i was at, yeah i was sweeping this seamer but well he, he was he was a speamer really but um i had a big mo i just hit him for six and i think i had a big mo across the line and 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 got cleaned up and i was really really angry and and tom said something to the lines of oh don't worry mate you've done your bit and um you know it did make me feel a bit better but what i will say is i was proved right and as much as alfie might have been rolling his eyes at me because i think the rest of the batsmen got about five or six runs and, and we were all we were bowled out they got two one duck two so yeah you're right five runs um actually miles we've skipped past this a little bit you you spoke there like a true batsman you said i think i got 20 odd 20 something you got 22 um, <laughs> so don't pretend like you didn't know how many runs you scored there you that, that that's what sort of when when you talk to somebody yeah, i think i got uh, that normally means 12 um that's if i'm talking <laughs> anyway so yeah 20 odd so 22 uh, i think which yeah. is your high score for the threes if i'm right yeah. Yeah, it's my high score at this club. I, I, I nobody's going to believe this, but I'll tell you anyway. I, I have a, a thirty and a forty uh, for for one for Whittington, one for for Akel. Um But I mean, that was just absolute mowing, and you know, I just kept kept connecting, and it kept going for four. I can't really hit six. His grounds are always too big, and you know, I need to get in the gym. What can I say? Yeah, no, I think that is my highest score for Mac. Um, something to work on. I think I think it's fair to say, you know, you, you open the bowling, you more than contribute to the game so i mean we can go a few batting statistics here and there maybe maybe this was the day that is it Stu reynolds yeah yeah it, it is it is Stu reynolds three years ago maybe this is the day that you became the thorn in disney's side it probably i can't imagine that i said anything nice to him when he was batting but at the end of the day they comprehensively beat us so if i was giving him a spray or, or you know being a mouth i can't imagine why because um it looked like Alfie snicked him off anyway, so you know you had the last laugh on that day. Apart from the fact that they won, so actually they had the last laugh. But... <laughs> God, so... Not thought about that. No, nope. um, I'm a bit conscious of time, mate. So let's move on to the to the, the the interesting parts of the show. So yeah, there's a few there's a few regular listeners. Um, I've managed to get a few of them to ring in and ask some questions and put some questions in. The first one is from um, a fellow third team player and a, a dear friend of yours. So over to the phone lines. Hey Miles, it's Flinty here. Finally happy to have you on the other side of the podcast. 
So just a bit of background knowledge here. You've taken two forfers against Langley in both games. You're on a hat-trick. So my question is, is it either you don't like taking fifers and hat-tricks or you just don't want to get the, the beers in for the boys? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, Flinty, uh, for those that don't know, is is always a source of knowledge about my underwhelming performances. So he'll be happy to tell you about all the times I've taken forfer or, um, you know, not scored any runs. So, yeah, please do check uh, Check Flinty out for anything else you want to bury me with. Um, in answer to your question, he, Flinty... He was my first port of call, to be fair, mate. He's, yeah. He's the first person I went to. In answer to your, to your question, Flinty, I think we both know that I enjoy nothing more than getting the jugs in for the boys. It's just I'm not very good. And, and, and I think on both of those games, and you'll probably know, I think the batsman that I was sort of facing for those uh, hat-tricks slash vifers were approximately sort of four foot tall and, and no more than 13 years old. Um, so to say... Oh, get Timo on. Don't worry about the hat-trick. Just bring Timo on. He'll, he'll clear those guys. I right? just couldn't hit the stumps. Um, but no, I'll... Normally hit 13-year-olds on the head. That's why, mate. Uh, listen, if they're playing senior <laughs> cricket, they deserve to get bounced. That's all. Not if they're not tall enough. <laughs> He's headbutting the bales off the stumps, mate. You probably should bowl Yorkers. I tried. You know, like, I'm a I'm a PE teacher and I'm an educator. So but no, I I'll always be happy to get the beers in. Um, as as anybody that knows me will know. Yeah, you've actually taken the words right out of my mouth. I was going to add to that that um, I have seen you on numerous occasions recently for Brad Porter. Um, get get the jug in for him because obviously he can't drink. Um, so well done for doing that. I think it's a nice touch. Although Brad was keen to point out on that particular occasion that he'd scored 50 and taken five wickets. And I think you replied by saying, get your dad to buy the other jug. I've paraphrased slightly. My my caveat is that uh, any time a junior takes their first five for, or scores their first 50 or in, indeed incurs their first jug um, as third team captain, I will get their first jug. Um, now, just because Brad happened to get two in one game, my point still stands. I got his first jug and his dad can get the second, to which he didn't. No, he didn't. He's probably buying a seven up. Um, right, on to the next phone caller. Sorry, moving swiftly on to the next phone caller. Um, it's current first team captain, uh, James Cross. Hey, Miles. Hey, Langus. Uh, quick question for you then, uh, Michael Parkinson. Uh, over the course of the last 29 episodes, how many times do you think you said the phrase moving swiftly on? Cheers. Oh, God. Thank you, Crossy. I mean, I'm happy to guess, but only um, if Crossy takes the time to go and count it. Um, I would say... Let's go on average per episode. I reckon I must say it about five times an episode. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, w- I would guess something like that. So, what, about 150? Mate, it's a difficult job, as I'm finding out right now. It's a very difficult job. So, I'll be the, the last person to give you some stick for... Uh, for repeating, well, I'd just say having good presenter skills, really. <laughs> um, and the last one of the phone-ins, I've got another just to add after this, but the last one is a, is a dear friend of, of both of ours and, and obviously my, my housemate as well, or landlord, should I say, Frankie Barker. Hi, Miles. Crosscode legend Frankie Barker here. Um, just re- currently recovering and in good spirits. Uh, I understand you're not necessarily a keen golfer, but you are a dab hand behind the wheel of a golf buggy. Care to explain? So that sounds like a bit of an insider information there, Miles. Is there anything you'd like to... Um, yeah. Um, 
<laughs> He's correct. I, I don't enjoy golf. The difference, for those that want to know, between cricket and golf for me is that I'm very bad at both, uh, but I like cricket. Um, I don't like golf. The the aforementioned incident that he's referring to, um, I'm not going to go into great detail, um, but my wife's twin brother got married a few years ago and they had procured a number of golf buggies to assist in transporting people from the, the venue uh, to the church and back. And rather later on in the evening, myself and Frankie Barker, I don't really know how this happened, but we managed to convince the, the chap that was guarding said golf buggies that we really needed the keys. And we just took them for a bit of a spin. Yeah, and that's that's pretty much all anybody needs to know, other than the fact that Frankie and I ended up... Deadlifting, he said. Yeah, d- deadlifting uh, and, and sort of shoulder pressing a a golf buggy that had been driven by somebody else i might add um out of a ditch i will add that apparently it was a six-seater golf um yes allegedly allegedly it it was a six-seater golf buggy um and uh, yeah that's 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 where the story will end for now (laughs) so if you want to know any more about um miles's buggy driving skills please get in touch with the producer and editor of the program miles hornet hang on I want to make it very clear that neither Frankie or I were involved in the driving of the the, the golf buggy that ended up in the ditch. Just want to make but you that. were involved in the driving of a golf buggy. Correct. I got the keys, but the person that shoved it in a ditch was neither Frankie or I. Would you like to poke the finger? Uh, no, because I can't remember nope. his name. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. It wasn't the guy getting married, was it? No, definitely not. And as I did mention, Miles, there was one more set of questions to ask. Uh, I'm not as technologically gifted as yourself, so I wasn't able to get these as voice messages. And it came from a number of people. We've had a message from Michael Vaughan. Um, we've had a message from DC. We've had a message from numerous people who wanted to remain nameless at the club, myself included. Um, and the question was, what on earth were you doing having your wedding on the last day of the cricket season? Uh, yeah, um, I, I mean, look, I, I took a bit of flack for this. Not enough. What I would say is, it goes without saying, it's it was the most important day of my life. Um, and I'm just firstly very glad that my wife turned up. Um, well, she, I wouldn't be calling my wife. She didn't. So she did. Um, we tried desperately to, to have our wedding outside of the cricket season. Um, but, you know, the venue and the church, it was, it was not to be. Um, so, you know, I looked at the fixtures. I, I looked at the season and, and I had such faith in us as a team that we would get the business done by the end of the season that um cricket's a funny game mate a yeah funny I, game. I wasn't worried about it and i thought if the boys can't do it without me they never will <laughs> no i mean it is one of those things slightly regrettable but um you know it was a good old banjo in the evening and uh it basically it turned, turned into I a think, cricket club social really didn't it i think you're probably happy to put that to bed there i'm sure numerous people at the club are not happy and that will be subject of much banter over the next two decades maybe um so take just take it on the chin mate if dc and witters have got anything to do with it absolutely right Miles. so we're coming towards the end of the show what i wanted to do as we've mentioned um crossy led us nicely onto it Mark, asking you to reflect i'm a good teacher so i'm going to ask you to reflect what i'd like to do is have a quick mastermind quiz show with you and your specialist topic will be Macclesfield Cricket Podcast. 
How does that sound? Um, like I'm I'm going to fail miserably, probably. Uh, I think uh, I think you know your stuff. I think you know your mustard. If you could put over a soundtrack for the Mastermind sort of theme tune, that that would be excellent. Miles Horner, and your specialist topic is Get It Whacked podcast. Question one. This guest played 95 games with the usual caveat of play cricket, and his top score was 25. He was aggrieved to have been run out on 49 for the fourths for what he claims to be a joke appeal. Mm. I can't remember. That was Dave Bostock. Oh, Dave Bostock. Question two. Which player drove to Timperley instead of Romilly, where the twos were due to be playing? Finn McCants. Correct. This Aussie claimed if he had a dollar for every time he heard, you should have been here last summer, mate, it was a scorcher, he'd be a very rich man. Justin Galliotti. Correct. This guest, a friend of the show, described it as almost impossible to hit a four in Aussie-grade cricket because of the length of the grass. Khaled Sawas. Correct. When describing one particular match, how many times did hero Nick Burtis say the words far out? <laughs> oh, God. Um, three or four, I think. Right. I've got two, but the only reason I've got two is because I listened to him describing the match. I didn't listen to the whole episode again, so you could be right. I'm willing to sort of you know, we're not going to split hairs there. We'll say that you're right with three, three to four. Um, who described Tony Moores as his cricketing hero? Pete Langley. Correct. And that leads me on to the last question. Nicely, local celeb yours truly was born in Leicester. Which other guest was born in Leicestershire? Oh, that's a very good question. I don't know. Who is it? It oh, was. I know. Oh, I know. Yeah. Dan Allen. Correct. You got there. Well done. Uh, yeah, he was born in Uppingham, I think. Or, or no, uh, Great Glen or somewhere like that. Yes, is, Great Glen. Yeah, it's, it was it was Dan Allen. I was thinking of Macclesfield people. And it just suddenly came to me. Yeah, that's, I chucked that one in there, but I didn't beat you. Didn't beat you. No, Too good. Very good. Uh, let's move on to the quick fire questions, Miles. Are you ready? I am. I don't know if you've prepared these or not. I, I hope you haven't. I haven't. I haven't. Good. Nickname: Milo Horn Dog. Horn Dog. Yep. Horn Dog. Yep. Uh, you'll have to ask Mitch Moore's. Right. Okay, Mitch. You've got some. Questions to answer there. Uh, left or right-handed? Uh, always left, actually. Bat or bowl? Very much bowl. Fielding position? First slip. Test or T20? Test, without a shadow of a doubt. Who's the best cricketer you've played with? Well, this is a tricky one, really, because um, I would like to say Bert, um, but I've because he would be, but I've never actually played in a game with him. So the the best cricketer I've 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 ever netted with or bowled at or <laughs> whatever yeah. would be Nick Burtis. Um the best cricketer I've played with um would be an Aussie overseas for Whittington um called Dave Johnson um who was the Whit overseas for Whittington in sort of 2008 2009 um I believe went on to play um Futures League, so second eleven cricket. Uh, yep. Don't think he ever made it onto a professional contract, but he was uh, a seriously, seriously good batsman. Um, liked a beer and a curry, probably a little bit too much for his own good. Um, good old DJ. Yeah, but he. I mean, I think he scored like twelve hundred runs 
in in one season and then like a thousand the next on Saturday. I mean, he was, I think one year, in fact, he scored a thousand runs on a Saturday by the end of May. Uh, he His sort of appetite for runs was just unbelievable. Hell, Miles. This is meant to be quick fire questions. Sorry. <laughs> Fastest bowler. <laughs> I'm go- I'm going to burgle a bit of an answer from someone else here. Ian Tate off 19 yards in the Titherington Nets is is about as quick as you probably want to face. But uh, there is another guy from from Whittington Cricket Club um, called James Howarth who uh, who I did face um, in a game properly, um, and he was absolutely lightning. I, I would love to know how how fast he bowled, but uh, yeah, I mean he was really very very sharp. Far 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 too good for me. Messiest in the dressing room. Oh, I'm gonna have to say. Mitch Moores. Yeah. Wicketkeepers yeah. go one or two ways, don't they? They're either yeah. anal and neat, or they're very, very messy. Yeah, and I, and I will throw out just a little special mention for Joe Haig. Um, I was thinking that, yeah. Who, yeah. who, Joe Haig is an absolute calamity in the dressing room anyway. But yeah, it's just a calamity. Yeah, Mitch Moores, followed by Joe Haig. With an extra high ceiling. Um, longest in the shower? I mean, there are some serious contenders, especially in the third-team dressing room. But I'm gonna have to say David Cowan. Actually, he, he yeah does like a long time in the shower. Yeah, good stuff. First thing on your plate at teas. Oh God, why did I not think about this? Um, I, you know what, I probably would be really boring and, and say a sandwich, but I do love a cherry tomato. Oh, yeah. especially if you've been out on the field. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you just know, to cleanse the palate. I kind of have to agree with Radders um, that games of cricket are ruined by batting first because then as a bowler you can never eat as much as you want at tea but um yeah it's a sandwich or a cherry tomato i would say some would say games of cricket are ruined by the cricket and actually tea it should just be sort of like a five six hour event myself <laughs> and Bostock would probably we, we play every week uh, t- uh drink of choice gin and tonic oh yes uh take away a choice curry Butler in the birth dance move of choice. <laughs> I actually really love the running man. Um, just just because there's just something very amusing about just doing the running man. The other thing that I like, and I have done this actually on stage um, in, in various productions, well, I'd say various, a few, is uh, the jump up in the air and give it the old heel click thing. So oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I quite I Charlie quite, Chaplin style. Yeah, which is quite amusing to see a you know a reasonably large bloke doing. So um, yeah, one of those. I'm always incredibly impressed with how you managed to get the running man into your cricket bowling run up. <laughs> so well done. That is that's credible. Three dream dinner guests, dead or alive. Oh, Johnny Wilkinson, who who Lovely. is yeah. my, my absolute sporting hero. Michael Vaughan, because. I admire him very much as a cricketer and a captain. And then Any I would... chance of getting him on the podcast? <laughs> Who knows? The the world is our oyster, Langers. And um, Luciano Pavarotti. Oh, muy bien, which is Spanish, but yeah. he's Italian. So. Bene, bene. Um, exactly, exactly. I don't, are you having four guests, are you, Benny, Benny? <laughs> um, and last one, favourite batting shot. <laughs> well, I... Obviously, I I do love a sweep. Um, Led you at the garden path. Yeah, you have. You at the garden path. But what I would say, I think everybody enjoys a good sweep. What I would say, Langers, is that I was, I had a bit of an epiphany recently, 
and I've come to realize that a pull shot is not a pull shot. Um, it is, in fact, a stood-up sweep. So yeah. I, I was talking to my, my sweeping buddy, Curly Moores, about this, um, and, and we both are now going to actually write to the MCC and, and ask them to please dispense with the term pull shot and, and to call it a stood-up sweep um, because that's what it is. If you could detach Macclesfield Cricket Club's name from that correspondence, I think the club would appreciate that. <laughs> they're, they're much more old school than that, surely. Look, aims for the for the the rest of the season. There's not many weekends left. Uh, obviously, we saved you for, for on the podcast, deservedly so. The best still last. Um, what would you like to see from the rest of the season? Yeah, I mean, obviously, just continuing what we're doing, which is getting lots of of opportunities to younger lads, and um, because there has been a little bit of a void in the first team with a, a few people either injured or not playing or having stopped playing cricket. The knock on result is that you know people go up into each team, and we're able to bring in some some players on a Saturday in the threes, twos, and ones that have not been playing there before. Um, so it's great to see those performances continue um, from the third team's point of view. Yeah, just to, to continue establishing some of our younger cricketers in, in the roles that they're doing and just to start kind of putting together our batting and our bowling in, in performances and, and winning a few games. We've got a, a big game, shall we say, against Stockport Trinity this this Saturday, which will be anything but friendly, I can assure you. But yeah, just kind of to, to, to progress really towards next season and then to really hit the ground running and, and, and kind of go for that league again. And then more widely, yeah, we've 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 managed to secure a, a Saturday fourth eleven fixture for this Saturday, which will to my my knowledge be the, the first time Macclesfield have, have fielded four teams on a Saturday and I've I hope very much that we'll be able to secure uh, at least a couple more before the end of the season to kind of road test um, that goal and that aim and, and just to see you know us as a club manage to provide as much cricket for as many people who want it as possible and yeah see lots of people down supporting it is great to see the amount of people back sort of at the ground with everything that's happened over the past few months um which, which leads me nicely on to to um, praising you again mate i was a big fan of the podcast previously um and having done a little bit of preparation though i imagine nowhere near as much preparation as as you do for the podcast week in week out i know now how much hard work it is for you uh, to be doing that for 30 episodes that report as well um, takes you up to 35 i think so far so well done mate it really has been um something to look forward to through some pretty boring and, and, and dare i say dark times and i know that it's created a buzz around the cricket club um, that we've been able to build on moving forward, going into actually playing cricket on Saturdays and Sundays and midweek, obviously. Um, so well done. And um, I think I'm right in saying that this will be the last podcast of the season. The The match report will continue. And then after that, you're going to look to start it, the podcast again at the start of the, the winter. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. So, so this will be... Um... Episode 30 will be the sort of uh, end of season one, if you like. That sounds really self-indulgent and, and, and just <laughs> contrived, but that's what I mean. Um, we'll carry on with the Mac report each week um, to kind of tell you about the weekend's games up until the end of the season, which for the third team will be the end of September. We actually play two more games in our season than the ones and twos. Um, and then it's my yeah, it's my great aim to, to obviously bring back um, episode 31, um, of Get It Whacked, um, probably at the beginning of October. Um, and I can tell you now that will be Mr. Barney Cutbill. And we'll look to continue those episodes um, up until, you know, 
the resumption of cricket next year um, in April. Um, so, yeah, that's the plan. Awesome. Miles, it's been an absolute pleasure and I will just repeat what we said right at the start. You had to have your arm twisted for this to, to happen. So thank you. Um, it's deserved and I'm sure people will enjoy listening to your voice, even if they don't enjoy listening to my voice. <laughs> Mate, well, thanks very much for that. Um, obviously, great credit to you for for taking it on um, and doing the business. Um, it's It's been really weird to be on the other side of the microphone. Hopefully people have enjoyed it or at least had a laugh at my expense, which is generally what I aim to, to, to get out of my cricket. Um, and and just um, a little personal message for myself, really, um, to say firstly to everyone, thank you for all the um, incredible kind of support and um, well wishes um, and, and, and good comments and, and occasionally some uh, some banter about the podcast um, and, and to everyone that's kind of um, contributed or been involved. Um, it's it's taken on a life of its own. It's never something I, I thought we'd, we'd get to at this stage with it. Um, so thank you so much to, to everyone for, for, for just engaging with the podcast and also a bit more widely without being too smushy. Um, just thank you to everyone at Macclesfield Cricket Club um, for you know the the last sort of six seven years um obviously when we moved to Macclesfield we didn't really know anybody and I I quickly found uh, a bit of a home at Mac um and it's it's become a, a very big part of my life um and I'm you know really pleased to have found a club I know I know lots of people on the podcast have spoke very passionately about Mac and I can tell you through through experience for for anyone that's outside of the cricket club, um, Macclesfield Cricket Club is the best cricket club in the world. I'm the best beer garden. I can't say it any fairer than that. Hallelujah. Thanks, Miles. Cheers, Langs. Thanks a lot. Bye. Bye-bye.